Hey, everybody. Welcome to the No Pants Required podcast. I'm your host, Jen Mann, and today I'm not wearing any pants. It is like 105 degrees outside or something, which is weird because KJ and I, we recorded this podcast, I don't even know how long ago, but I know there was snow on the ground because we were talking about it. So it'll be kind of weird, but that's how it goes. I record these and then I finally get them released because that's just what I do because I'm a pantser, even though I hate to wear pants. By the way, my guest for this episode is KJ Delantonia. You probably know her because she is the author of The Chicken Sisters, which was her debut novel, as well as How to Be a Happier Parent. She is the co-host of the hashtag AmWriting podcast, an avid bookstagrammer, and the former editor of the New York Times Motherload blog, and is never happier than when she's getting to tell somebody about a book she loves. She lives in Lyme, New Hampshire, with her husband, four children, three dogs, two cats, eight chickens, two mini ponies, and an ever-changing lineup of other horses. Her newest book is called In Her Boots, and it just came out a few weeks ago, so please check that one out too. Enjoy. All right, well, today I have KJ Del Antonia on the podcast and I'm trying to I always try to remember like how I met all my guests or know of them and I want to say that I mean back in the day when I was blogging everybody knew that you had the times like the motherload blog and we all that was like something we all wanted to be on and 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 you rejected me so thank you for that and because it just you know it made me better stronger it fires me up. I mean, yeah. I, I had someone very early in my career laugh hysterically when I told him I'd like to write for things like The New Yorker. And, you know, still, st- I mean, I, I've been a New York Yorker, New Yorker online now, so I'm not, I can kind of check the box, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rejection is inspirational, right? It is. It is. So thank you for doing that and rejecting me. But then you also then suggested that I join your book group, the hashtag writing a few years ago. So I joined that group. And if you are a writer, who does I don't think it matters what, do you think it matters what, where you are in your career path? No, no, it's got everybody. I mean, there's like, you know, people who have, have published a great deal and people who have not yet published. And honestly, people who don't really have any larger, you know, they just want to, most people I think want to publish somewhere, but um, yeah, it's a big yeah. group. It is a big group and it's a great group. It's a great resource. I feel like, I feel like there's always. I check, I don't go there very, like every day, but I check on it, like I would say once a week and I kind of catch up on everything that everybody's talking about. And you have a co-host in there. You have a co, like a, like a co-sponsor. I have two co-hosts, Jessica Leahy, author of this one and this one. So Jessica Leahy, she's the author of The Gift of Failure. The Gift of Failure, right. That's that's what everybody knows her for. Yeah. And Serena Bowen, who's written 35 romances, of which this is one. Serena Bowen. What's the name of that book that you're pointing out? That is called Lover Boy. Lover Boy. I love Brooklyn Air, but she writes hockey romances and the league-esque hockey romances. And also a series of like, farming in vermont romances they're super fun they're really smart oh okay yeah, yeah i don't think yeah. i've read i am book. a romance yeah. reader but i'm i'm picky about my romance authors she's great and so serena you, ticks all your boxes serena ticks all the boxes yeah <laughs> okay. yeah she's good 
And then how did you guys all get started to to make this group together? Did you were you kind of your own little networking well, group or we yeah, we have been our own little writing group so long that I was at I was at dinner with the two of them when I found out that Lisa Belkin had quit the mother load. And I basically oh. turned to them sort of midway through the entree and I was like, I have to go home and do something. Because <laughs> like, I was going to go home and like, you know, start frantically emailing to tell the editor that I should take that job over, which is sort of another story. But so that's how long we've been together. Like, yeah. And then Jess and I started the podcast together at a moment when the most obvious thing for us to do would have been to start a, parent, a podcast about parenting. And we both were like, yeah, we don't want to talk about that for... Jess might actually want to talk about it for the rest of her life, but I don't. Right. So, well, and your podcast is also called Am Writing, correct? It's called Am Writing. It's hashtag Am Writing, and it's about writing, and that's what we talk about. I mean, we talk about yeah. ki- you know kids as they inconvenience writing, and it does. You know, is it fair to say writers are women? Certainly, readers are often women, or mostly women. Statistically, I don't know about writers. I don't. I've never looked at statistics on that. Our mm-hmm. listeners skew towards women. And, you know, a lot of us have families and and deal with them or have older parents and deal with those. So we do talk about that, but not, it's not the, it's, it's by no means the the primary focus. So did the work-life balance. Yeah. I think for, for me, for sure, like, I think probably 95% of my readers are are female. Like I, I always say there's a few brave men that show up and stuff and that's it. So, and I know like for me, you know, if I'm coaching somebody who's, who's a writer, it, it's always been women. I think, well, no, there was one guy, I guess, but for the most part, it's women, which is weird because in humor, which is what I write, it's pretty male dominated. So I don't know, but there, there are, there are a few of us trying these, the mommy blogger kind of crew. I feel like the men tend towards like, I'm also a comedian. women women do that too but it's like you know i'm also qualified to speak on national tv and have my own television show and possibly be president i mean that's just the natural state of a white man anyway so and you know i don't know where being a black dude falls on the like it's got its own massive issues but where it falls on the fake confidence issues i have no yeah but i can speak to the white guy writer or or comic or they're just they're all and you know if y'all are watching that's that's great we try to emulate that right i'm glad you're here guys you're brave no because i think oh the my whole thing is like the men will be like yeah that was kind of funny and i'm like no it was actually really funny but that's okay (laughs) and so i try to have the confidence of a mediocre white man that way that's yeah right that way then i am just off the charts for like a lady if you can do that you're you're just and that's what i was doing when i went home and and sent the editor of Motherload an email. I was like, I am the right person for this. And it took about, it took multiple such emails and some convincing. But yeah, that's, that's exactly the energy I was challenging. Okay, so let's, let's talk about that. So what were you doing before that? What was your job before that? I was with Slate. And you, were you like a columnist there? I was a, they had, at the time, they had a specifically women-oriented site called the X, the double X factor, X mm-hmm. factor. And, you know, that became a, like, we're, a lot has changed in the last like seven or eight years, right? Yeah. So the conversation around, well, why do you have to have a space that, I mean, it's great for women to have a space to only support one another and talk about things like family or, you know, work family leave or the politics around birth control. Those are 
not just women's issues. So, you know, the idea that we had to have a special bit of slate to talk about them is something that they sort of addressed later. And we're like, yeah, okay, no, we're just gonna, that, that's part of, that's part of life for all of us. But at the time that existed, and I was there primarily focused on family issues. So I had spent a lot of time writing about family and family policy and, you know, how society's expectations impacted families, but not from the personal perspective. I mean, some of it was personal, but by and large, and that's what they needed at Motherload. They didn't need someone who uh, did a personal blog. They needed somebody who could do the other stuff. So that was, that's the, that's the email I wrote them and it worked. And I was going to say, and it worked. Yeah. And so how long were you there at Motherload? Six years, well, five years and a bit, and then it changed into Well Family, which was some a name change that I had advocated for, although not specifically to that, but we'd wanted it not to be Motherload for a long time for exactly the reasons I just said about mm-hmm. X Factor. Um, although Motherload was just funny, like go to Lisa Belkin yeah. and she'll tell you. It was just meant to be, it was like the Motherload of information, mm-hmm. but a lot of dads either wouldn't read it or were bothered by the the okay. idea that it was focused on mothers. So the change in name was great. But then following the change in name, there was a real change to a health focus, which hadn't originally been the plan, but that's how it worked out because it became part of Well, which if you're a Times reader, you know, is the health piece of the Times. And I'm just, I'm not a health reporter. So that's when I left. Wow. And then where did you go after that? What, what, do you, what did Nowhere. you do? I Nowhere. I wrote How to Be a Happier Parent. And while they were publishing that and probably dealing with the crushing disappointment over my not being at Motherload anymore, I wrote The Chicken Sisters. And then I, after that, I got another book contract and I wrote another book that's coming out next year, which is called In Her Boots and is another novel. So, so I got pretty much completely out of the freelance writing and the editor, editoring game. Now, I don't I really focus on the fiction. I also do book coaching, but I do it in fiction because I did miss editing, but I don't ever want to edit another parenting essay as long as I live. Really. <laughs> You're just completely burnt out on all that. I am. And I don't think I can't, like, I would like to be able to write essays. That used to be my primary form of self-expression. I'm still, it's been four years since three or four years. I don't know. Time is meaningless now, right? It's been a hundred years since I was there. And I just, I still don't have anything to say because I wrote at least one thing a day, every single day, five days a week for five years. Yeah. Somehow I don't have a whole lot left to say. Isn't that the truth? Or I feel like it's all been said already or someone else is saying it different. Like, I mean, and that's the thing. I think that's the thing that when you are, especially when you come out of the parenting essay world, it's like, there's only 10 topics, let's face it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's all sort of like, what's your take on this topic or what's your, you know, what is your voice about or something like that. And now I just feel like my, my kids are older. I have teenagers. I, I'm failing miserably at parenting them. So I can't give you any advice. Like I can tell you what yeah. not to do, but I don't even want to do that because I just, when they were little, it was cute and funny, but now it's just obnoxious. Yeah. And I mean, and I think every parenting writer discovers this and I had been warned and I, I knew it was coming when you have teenagers. I mean, either, maybe they don't want to be written about my kids were, they never really cared very much, but mm-hmm. so there's that, or maybe you don't want to write about them because it's, you know, a little hinky for your relationship. And even to do that, like, I love the, the funny stuff. Like, you know, there's an Instagram called uh, teenager pro tips 
And uh-huh. it's like, you know, leave your towel on the floor the minute you're, or, 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 or after your mother cleans the kitchen, immediately make messy cookies. That It's funny. It's funnier than I just made it. But even that, I feel like it would be kind of alienating. First of all, I'm not that funny. So I'm not saying I, I could do that. But I feel like it would be kind of alienating to my really pretty solid relationship with my honestly pretty decent, although frequently annoying in that particular way, teenagers. <laughs> right? Is that worth I mean, it? Yeah. You know, did they see the memo that if you take the last popsicle out of the box, you must leave the box in the freezer? Yes, they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, it, you know, but I, would, I would rather... They're, they're pretty good. Yeah, yeah. And I would rather... It's kind of like the mommy needs a martini idea. I didn't, uh-huh. that was never, that was never my style either. I never wanted to feel, I was always like, why does this suck so much? And a lot of the answer was, well, cause nobody's helping. And that doesn't necessarily mean my partner. It means, you know, because work doesn't think that I should ever need time off to deal with parenting and school lets out at three and the school only emails me. They never email my I, partner to the point where like I'm in another country going, yeah, there's actually two of us on that list. You know, it took you six calls to get me. So I feel like you could have made a different choice. So, you know, a lot of the reason mommy needs a martini is, is not because we have children and they're annoying, although those things are true. It's because we live in a country that is super annoying. And that was kind of more, I don't know where I came in. And then (laughs) when once you have teenagers, then it's just like, uh, okay. <laughs> then it's just a question of like negotiating life with other beginner humans. Yeah. So, so you would rather write fiction now? I would rather write fiction. I think that's a very good idea. And do you put some of your, does some of your life end up in your fiction now? Or no? Not, I mean, I seem to only want to write about like why we can't figure out what makes us happy and just do it. So uh-huh. that ends up in my fiction, but. In, in terms, I've already, anyway, did I write the autobiographical novel and shove it in a drawer? Yeah. Was it about a mother holding a baby jumping off a bridge? It might have been. <laughs> yeah. I know. That was a great time in my life. Uh, but no, by and large, I identify with pieces of my characters and the places that I leave and things like that often end up in them. But no, the, the, Teenagers aren't mine. The children aren't mine. The, my next one is about a mother, a woman with a really, really terrible relationship with her extraordinarily domineering mother. And I don't have, that's, that's not my experience at all. Well, that's good. Cause your mom would be like, excuse me. <laughs> also. Yeah. I have to send it to my, my mom keeps going, why haven't you sent me the PDF of this yet? And I'm like, cause, <laughs> but it's not, she, that, that's not, that's not it. Like I just, I don't know. I just don't want to deal. Good. Well, so I have a question. So here's the thing. I have a question about the Chicken Sisters. So the Chicken Sisters is set in Kansas. I live in Kansas. Cool. And I read somewhere that you lived in Kansas. For much of my, well, not as much, like now I'm old, so I have bigger chunks. But yeah, I went to high school and college in Kansas. Oh, okay. So like out west or east? I lived in Wichita. Well, I first lived in Overland Park, Mm -hmm. but for only like eight or nine months. And then we moved to Wichita and that's where I went to high school. And then I went to Kansas state Uh for college. So Manhattan, Kansas. And my grandparents, both sets, and my folks were from Pittsburgh slash Frontenac, which is where Chicken Annie's and Chicken Mary's are, which is the inspiration for the restaurants in the book. And they liked the book. So that was nice. And I hear the restaurants are for sale. So if you're looking for a new career. (sighs) 
Yeah, I, I'm not very good at cooking, so I don't think that's going to be me. That's not my thing. <laughs> yeah, I just thought it, when I started looking at it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is Kansas. And then I started going down your rabbit hole and I realized you it said that you lived in Kansas and Texas as a child. So I was wondering where that was. That's interesting. You know, funny story about Manhattan. So Manhattan, Kansas, for everybody who's listening who's not from Kansas, Manhattan, Kansas is where K-State University is. And I moved here to the Kansas City area when I was in high school. And I moved here from New Jersey. And we lived right outside of New York City, outside <laughs> of Manhattan, New York. Real Manhattan. And, and my dad worked in Manhattan. And every day he would talk about, you know, I got to go to Manhattan. I got to go to the city, whatever. So when I got to school, the first day of school here in Kansas City, I went to school and somebody said something about, hey, we're going to Manhattan this weekend. Do you want to come? And I was like, you're going to Manhattan? I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Like, let's go. You know, I was like, are we flying? Like, what are we doing? And they're just like, we'll just drive. And I was like, we'll, we'll never make it. <laughs> so I did not understand. And I still get a little thrill every time someone says, I'm going to Manhattan. I'm like, are you? Oh, you're going to, oh, oh, yeah. to K-State. Oh, yeah. okay. okay. Have right. fun at school. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Do that. Now Manhattan kind of threw me for a lot, for a big loop. The other question I have about Chicken Sisters is how in the world did you get Reese Witherspoon to pick this book? Oh, I didn't. I mean, that just happened. Did you just call her up and you're like, hey, Reese? Well, yeah, we're buds. Hey, girl. So, I got yeah. a funny book. I got a great book. You should read it. I was just, what was I just, I was just looking up a book that I had read and liked. And then I was like, oh, it was called, it's really good. It's called One to Watch and it's by Kate Stamen London. I've actually managed to remember this. And um, it's about a woman in a reality TV competition. Or no, she's like the bachelorette, but she's the first larger body bachelorette. Okay. I, I, I was trying to remember what the actual phrase they use in the book. Anyway. So, and that's a thing and it's really good. But anyway, she had a blurb from Hillary Clinton and I what? was like, whoa, what? Wait, how'd you do that? I mean, what? What? But then I read her bio and she was a speechwriter for Obama and actually for the Clinton campaign too. So that was, that was the answer to how. So there's uh. always an answer to those things, except in the case of Reese Witherspoon, where seriously, I think every day, like trucks must just back up to her house making the beeping sound yeah. and open up the back and every book written by a woman being released that week or day slides out and she goes out and goes, hmm. and for what, you know, mine, she read. It did. That's all I got. Congratulations. Well, it's funny because a few months ago I was out, I got a dog during the pandemic. And so I was out. Now I have to go out every night and walk my dog, which means I have to talk to my neighbors, which I don't <sighs> usually like to do. Okay. But I was out walking my dog and my one neighbor I do like, they came out and they were going for a walk and they have a college age daughter and she stopped me and said, Oh, I meant to tell you this. She's like, like two years ago, I did an internship with Reese Witherspoon and your book, People on Punch Throat, it was on her desk and she had a bookmark in it. And I was like, wait, what? What? I was like, when was this? And she's like, like, yeah, like two years ago. And she's like, look at her mom. She's like, wasn't it like two years ago I did that internship? Wow. Mom's like, yeah, at least she's like probably three now. And I was like, wait, it was like on her desk, like, like with a book. Oh mark. my like, goodness! And so I was like, so she, so she read my book, and I was like, but then she never called me. <laughs> I was like, it's been a long time. Surely she'd call by now. So I literally like sent my agents like an email. I was like, hey, can you guys follow up with Reese and see what she thought of the book, please? <laughs> 
But then they're like, sure, Jen. Right. Right on that, you know? Yeah. But I I just, I mean, because I think she, you know, it used to be the Oprah book club that you wanted to be into, which I think Oprah still probably still has a lot of clout. She does, but she she uses it very wisely and differently. Right. And so I feel like, you know, I mean, if Oprah wants to pick my book, that's fine. I'm not stopping you, Oprah. Please pick all my books. Um, But Reese is sort of the new gold standard of book clubs that we all want to notice us. Yeah. And so I'm sure you're probably like, girl, was, I knew I'd do it again. Yeah, believe me, it was a ridiculous, <laughs> it wasn't even a dream come true because it wasn't, I mean, I never, it, <laughs> I have this friend and she's, she's wonderful and we were, but she's like sort of one of those people that just always wants to do all the things and has crazy ideas and thinks that you will do them. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely an idea cannon, but just, just, just wait as I describe Mimi. So we're taking a walk and it's before my book comes out and she's coming up with all the things she thinks I can do that would be helpful to promote the chicken sisters. And among her ideas are we could make your car look like a chicken. Like we could make it like a big chicken float. And I'm like, I don't think that would sell very much many books. Okay. Well, what if like we trained your chickens to run through a maze? I don't think that is going to sell any books either. And, you know, so I'm just raining on Mimi's parade and, but she continues to parade because that's who she is. And then she goes home and then she, she like excitedly texts me like 10 minutes later. She's like, did you know Reese Witherspoon has a book club? And I'm like, yes. And we might as well just like decorate my car like a chicken. Like, Ah. Like, let's just go with the chicken car. Because yeah, I mean yes, I knew. Just I mean, everybody talks about that. Like your your mom would call up and go, "I know, I know how you could sell a lot of books. You could get Oprah to pick it." And you're yes. like, "Yes, I could. Yeah, could. I'll get right on that." Well, that's yeah, that's the thing. I mean, that's my husband. My husband is is my Mimi. You know, he's just always like, "Hey, like he'll watch something. He'll be like, like yesterday, I guess like Drew Barrymore was on one of the news programs in the morning, and she was talking about you know something that really coincided with sort of like what my new book is, and he was like, we got it. He's like, you got to get your book to Drew. But he's like, you got to get your... It's still... I unplug it and it still rings. And it is it is my kid, but she will just have to deal. Is she okay? Go away. Go. She must. She is inherently okay. She is okay. okay. She is 17 and both inherently okay and inherently not okay. Aren't they She's odd? probably calling to tell me that her sister's birthday cake that we ordered from the bakery in town isn't ready and therefore she can't pick it up. I'll have to pick it up later, but that's not unexpected at least you can pick it up i don't even have a kid that can drive yet so having a kid who can drive is awesome this is my second driving kit and it's I, I highly recommend it if you can't actually get one of yours maybe you could just you know rent Borrow one somewhere one. yeah yeah it's it's a good thing they're they're way more useful once they and especially during that period when they're really excited about it because you're like dang if only i had some basil and they're like i'll go get basil Oh, yeah. So my friend's daughter, she can drive. And I noticed that like, we'll be at their house and she'll just be like, oh, hey, we're pretty low on, you know, yeah, like, we're pretty low on buttermilk, you know, yeah. and, and, you know, and her mom's like, yeah, I don't need it to like, I bake at Christmas or whatever. She's like, that's okay. I'll go. No, no, I'll, I'll go. I'll I got go. it. I, I, got I got it. it. I got this. So, like, anybody need anything else? Do you guys need anything? Like, I'm so good. I'm super good. So yeah. Yeah. No, I've got one who um, he's trying, he's got a permit. So but he can't drive by himself. Like someone's right. To ride I've got him. one of those too. I should have two of those. Terrifying to me. I don't like that at all. I make the I make his dad go with him because I can't. It just I'm constantly hitting the imaginary brake. How many kids do you have, KJ? Four. 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 Oh my gosh. Two audio. Have, four. Two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For those who are listening, that was four. Yeah. I, four I have a son who is a sophomore in college. 
and he can drive. I have a daughter who is a senior in high school and she can drive. And I have two sophomores in high school who are both at the, in New Hampshire, you don't have to have an official permit. You just can drive once you're six months before your 16th birthday. And they Mm -hmm. are both doing, actually my, one of them turns 16 today, but because COVID, she wasn't able to take the driver's education that is mandatory before you take your driver's test. So she's still learning. Okay. There you go. See, and it's so interesting to me how it's so different everywhere you go. Like so, Every here, state's different. Because I have a 16-year-old and he could drive, but he just waited too long and didn't get his act together. So he's stuck now in the loop of permit and, you know, all that. And I have a 14-year-old, which is the soonest you can get a permit. I and, had a permit at 14. And when I was 14, you could drive alone. Yes, you could back then. And she, we took her to the DMV today and she failed. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oopsie. <laughs> it happens. But yeah. I was like, oh, that's okay. I don't really know if I trust you behind the car, behind the wheel of the car yeah. anyway. Because that's my thing is that I, I'm not, I just, I watch how they, I just, you know, I know how much brain power they have. And I don't think they have enough brain power to operate a vehicle, either one of them. It is astonishing to me. I mean, my parents were literally like, oh, hey, you're 14. This is awesome. Because <laughs> she's really determined. You better answer it. I We're waiting for KJ to come back from her phone call with her teenage daughter. Based on the facial expressions, I'm going to say it is cake related, but I'm not positive. I'm sorry. Oh, you're fine. Everything okay? <laughs> she wouldn't. Yes, it's fine. It was. She actually she failed to go get the cake because she didn't have any money, which is ridiculous because if she has her phone, that is money. And also the cake is paid for because I ordered it online. But uh, so it probably what it means is I got halfway home and realized I hadn't got cake and needed to think of an excuse. But because <laughs> we live a half an hour from town. So it is, it is an escapade, but I have oh. to go back and get that child after school anyway, because this child and I traded that she will wrap the birthday presents if I will go back and pick up her sister so she can come home early. You know, <laughs> yes. aren't other people's lives just fascinating? Negotiating skills. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So are your kids, are your kids in school right now then? Is that, is that, you guys are back to school in person. Yeah, they actually were in person all year last year because we live in a tiny, I mean, we live in a really tiny town in New Hampshire. Their school is in a slightly larger town in New Hampshire and New Hampshire was lucky. So okay. they were in in-person school most days, not they were four days a week last year. They had one day in the middle to like figure out if anyone had COVID and they had actually zero cases of in-school transmission. Dang, it's kind that's of amazing. Good. It's not a very big school. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, this year they're totally back and they're fine. But my daughter's a senior and she doesn't have class in the afternoon on Thursday. So she wanted to come home. My other son has soccer practice, so he doesn't need a ride home. We have an exchange student because I needed to get four kids back in the house, I guess. <laughs> so we have an exchange student from? from Spain living with us all year. Oh, that was be Other kind people's of teenagers are good. Yeah. They're way better than your own. I bet. I would bet. I was going to say, like, do you yell at that t- kid or does he clean up? Ever? Or she is a boy or girl? It's a boy. And he's mm-hmm. very good about cleaning up. Although I noticed that last night after dinner, when none of the other children helped with the dishes, he really didn't either. So mm-hmm. I will have to ask him. And there was definitely a moment yesterday afternoon when I was like, I wonder how long Marco is in the house before I start screaming. Because <laughs> I really wanted to scream since like August 25th. So okay, less so than a month. A month. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'll, 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 I'll have to keep track of that. Like, how long is it? 
before I like, you know, lose my squash and start screaming, nobody ever helps me. And the reason that we aren't having dinner yet is because you were sitting on the couch on your phone and I am, you know, feeding the dog and doing all of the other things. And yeah, I don't, I don't I, maybe another two or three weeks. Yeah, I think, no, I mean, at this point, Marco's probably got just a week left. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's going to happen. Sorry, Marco. It's happening. Yeah. How long is he there? The whole school year? The whole year. He's here till June. And he doesn't wow. go home either, which I didn't actually realize when we said when he signed up, I was like, and at Christmas, he'll go home and then he'll come back. But that's not how it worked. Wow. Like, I'm thinking about like Marco's parents, though. Like, that's sad too to be away from your kid like that long. And oh. he's their youngest. So now and it's his senior year. So it's like empty nest a year in like, advance. Bye, man. We do helicopter our kids, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Now, see what you do is now you'll say like, okay, I'm going to send you three of my kids next year. Right, exactly. Well, actually, you only have two uh, left. I only so, have two left, so they so can you'll take just send them. those two. That seems reasonable to me. I think that seems fair. And then yeah. we'll see how long it takes Marco's mom to go before she loses her cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. So I just read a list like last week came out and the city I live in made this like, I don't know, like best cities to live in or whatever. But we always want to move. We always want to move. In New Hampshire, they had two cities on the list. And I'm thinking New Hampshire is kind of the place, but now I'm a little worried. I mean, if you're we a half hour from Kate, cities. you don't even have two cities. Well, th- I mean, you could argue for three, but it's kind of like saying Kansas City, Kansas, and Kansas City, Missouri are different cities. <laughs> like, so there's one that has two names, but is really just one place. And then there's another one. And that's it. There's nothing else. And, and even calling those city is, well, well it's fair. Yes. I think maybe they were villages. How's that? Like villages sounds Villages better. that you could, that were like yeah. nice to live in. But now that I'm hearing that you're a half hour from I'm the closest half hour. Cake, it's true, I'm not actually. Sure. It's true. I, I've learned to make a lot of my own things living And there. then how long does winter last? Forever. Okay. A couple years. Is it cold yet? No. It's okay. gorgeous. The trees are just barely turning. It's 75 degrees. Okay. Um, yeah, no. It's very nice. September is really glorious usually and October tends towards the spiffy but it might snow by Halloween frequently it snows by Halloween frequently because see I feel like if I lived in New Hampshire I would be a more prolific writer because I like the cold and I like to stay inside and work that is actually true and I am the same way there are moments in September where I'm like like okay can we, I mean, because the, the other thing about living here is that whenever it's beautiful, you feel like you have to go outside because they're so long. Like in February, it's like you can go outside and I do, and I do, but you have to be super bundled up and you can also sort of only walk on like whatever trail someone has plowed or snowmobiled. And you don't want to walk where they're snowmobilers because they don't pay very close attention. <laughs> so you can sort of only walk, or you can walk on the road. Again, that has its perils. Well, not really, because there aren't that many cars, but they're better than snowmobiles. Anyway, so it's like you really can't get outside. It's really hard. You can only do a limited, like you call your friend and you're like, all right, do you want to walk in one of the two places that we can walk? She's like, so I forget where I was going with this, but I agree with you that sometimes you're just like, okay, this is enough beautiful weather. I really need like some rain so I don't feel like I should be outside. Oh, yeah. See, that's my thing is I feel like I feel like writing is a very cozy thing. And I need tea and I need, you know, snow outside my window. Like, you know, that's and that starts like NaNoWriMo is perfect here, except for the part where people want to have stupid Thanksgiving, because (laughs) November, you're like, yeah, 
it's, I mean, there's not even usually that like, and whatever snow there is, is like melting and it gets snows and it's pretty for two hours. And then it, you don't even want to be outside. So it is good for that. Okay. So you would be more prolific. So you should move here. I think maybe. Yeah. We just, we looked at the, I'm going to start looking at the real estate and see. It's terrible. It's what? Terrible. Why? Because everybody wants to live here because COVID. Oh, yeah. Yeah, maybe when COVID's over, but yeah. then it'll be a million dollars to live there. So mm. I guess I better stay here. I then. don't know that. I mean, I'm saying it's terrible, but on the other hand, it's like, they're not. <laughs> it's, it's fairly affordable, right? I think it's probably on the affordable side of terrible now that I, now that I sort yeah. of, right. Like it's hard because there aren't that many houses and oh. people want them, but a lot of them are nothing. Like there's only so much you can reasonably charge to live in some of these places, but you might have to homeschool your children. So that would be, I assume I could be wrong. I mean, I'm just making like, that would be a problem for me. So, okay. So homeschooling my kids and cake is 30 minutes away. I think I'm going to stay put for a little bit longer. It's a good plan. You can retire. <laughs> or just, not retire, I'll rent, but after I the kids. Say, I'll just rent a house there this winter and work. And do that. that would be dirt cheap. Usually <laughs> not during a pandemic, but usually that would be. And as long as you didn't require like ski in, ski out or something like that. I don't even know how to ski. So there, you're all set. No, <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. We've totally gone off on a tangent, but let me bring us back here now. Sorry, everybody. Okay. So what I, there was something you did say early on and I want to come back to it. You said something about, so you wrote in your book and I'm looking over your shoulder here, the happiest, happier parent, how to be a happier parent, how to, ha- how to be a happier parent. Yes. You said that something Call about it. something that you write about a lot is how people try to find joy. Is that what uh, you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. How to find what makes them I happy. I write about that in fiction too. Like it's and it's all too. about like how we're really stupid about what will actually make. We think things will make us happy like, you know, cars or living in a house with a nice kitchen. But what really makes us happy is living closer to our fa- our family in some cases or like our friends. Like, so we're really dumb about figuring that out. Have you done a lot of research on that? I have done a decent amount of research. Yes, I have done a whole book's worth of research on it <laughs> right. with respect to parenting and probably more than that. And and have you figured out what makes you happy? Do you have a mm. secret? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm a little better. I'm a lot better at like, do I really want to do this? Like I'm a lot better at some of the basic rules. Like, okay, somebody just emailed you and said, do you want to do X? And you wouldn't drop everything and go new X right now, then the answer is probably no. Like, I, I'm much better about not thinking that future KJ would really totally enjoy, you know, providing donuts for the bake sale or, or whatever. I used to put a lot of things off on poor future KJ. And yeah. so I'm better about that. I'm better about things like I am tired and cranky. A walk would be, you know, would, would get me out. I'm much better about you know that moment when you're like really upset about like like something's bothering you maybe you're about to yell at a kid or something I'm much better about going wait why am I up like wh- what <laughs> there's something else going like, going on here I mean I am upset that the child didn't put the thing in the dishwasher but what was the and then I'll remember oh you know somebody sent me an email earlier and I'm really anxious about whatever, you know, whatever that is. And that's the thing that's really bothering me. Or, oh, I have to go to the dentist tomorrow and I'm super stressed about that. So I'm better about like that kind of thing. Sort of like finding the root cause of what's causing this anxiety or anger or whatever. Mm -hmm. And rather than just sort of acting out. 
And then it also sounds like I'm hearing maybe like some boundaries with things that you're. <laughs> yeah, I'm better about boundaries. And I'm also much better about feel like if I think of something that I think would make me ha- like really think it would make me ha- like if I'm like, gee, I wish somebody would ask me to like start a podcast with them. I ask somebody yeah. to start a podcast with me. You know, if oh, I'm I see like, what you're saying. I wish somebody would call me and invite me to go for I mean, I have one friend and I know she will never watch this. So I can just like. I have one friend that's partly kind of true, but but <laughs> my this is the friend I go for walks with. She never asks. She never, never. I mean, like once every six weeks, she'll be like, you want to go for a walk? I ask her to go for a walk probably every other day. And she almost always goes. And to just be like, okay, that's just, I don't know why that's the dynamic, but that's the dynamic. And not instead of being like, well, she, she really wanted to be me. She would ask me to go for walks and she never asked me to go for walks. So probably I should stop asking her for go for walks. And then I'm not going to go for a walk. So I'm going to go for a walk like myself, especially where there are snowmobiles. I might get killed and there'd be nobody there to like pick up the pieces. So I'm much better about just like, and also about telling people instead of being, you know, that thing telling. that we do. Where someone's like, well, where do you want to go to you? want to go to eat? And you're like, I don't know. Where do you want to go to eat? Now I'm like, mm, I want to go to this place. And I want us to order this. And I want us to go at this time. Because if we go at this time, then when we get home, we'll have, still have time to watch Ted Lasso. I'm way better about that now. Okay. And so I do that. But then people say I'm bossy. Oh, yeah. I am bossy. You're just like, so we should just own it. Like, I yeah. just, I, I, yeah. I feel like if you're Also, my friend, mostly people are really relieved, right? If we're at like at a restaurant, like a tapas restaurant, everybody I, I hang out with is like, okay, here, KJ, here's the menu. Order. Yeah. Well, okay, so we'll say, like, I have a friend, I have a friend who she's really good at just sort of communicating with me about that kind of stuff. Like, she'll say, like, I want to go to lunch, but I don't have the bandwidth to make the decision where we go. Like just, That's good too. You know, she's like, just pick a place, pick a time and I will be there. I just want to go to lunch, you know? And, and I, since I'm bossy, <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah. you know, I want to go to this place at this time and you can order what you'd like. But, yeah. you know, but <laughs> Unless you will, would like me to take care of that for you, which I guess I'll order my second choice and you'll be expected to share. Right. And I'll say like, and it will always be Mexican if you put me in charge. Cause Chips and queso will always solve our problems, which is usually what you want to talk about at lunch is, you know, that's why you want to go to lunch is because something is going on. And, but no, I think you're right. I think you do have to sort of put yourself out there. And like you said, you wanted someone to invite you to to start a podcast. And so then you're like, never mind. I'll just invite someone. Like, and I, now I'm like, I want to know more fiction writers. So I've been, I've, I have, I have a list and I have a plan to get a group of hopefully 10 people together in April. And I, I have learned that if I am willing to plan something and be like, Hey, everybody come to this place in April and we'll do this thing about whatever people mostly, I mean, do they all come? No, but I don't need like 47 people. I just need a couple people. Uh, so yeah, asking, I'm, I'm much better about just throwing it out there. And that's, I mean, it's age and it's knowing what makes you happy and, or trying to know what makes you happy. I mean, I still do stupid stuff. Well, and I think it's all about, I think it's too about like, if you have a like, clear communication rather than like overthinking everything, like I, the thing I noticed and I appreciated, I sent you my book Midlife Bites and asked you if you would blurb the book. And you sent me back a very detailed email about <laughs> like, here's what's going to happen. Yeah. Like, you this know, is how I do this. This is how I do this. And I literally was like, I need to copy and paste this email. And you should. 
because because I think that's the thing. Like you, and basically for the, okay. So basically, and correct me if I'm wrong, but this is how I remember and interpret it. It was basically like I'm very busy. Like I am also a writer. I am a podcaster. I have four kids. I am a busy person. And while I would love to blurb every book I get, here are the reasons why this may or may not be a fit for me. And she just was sort of like, you know, and she she it, your your email basically laid it out that. If it doesn't, if I don't think, if it doesn't resonate with me, if I don't think it's going to be a good fit for me, I'm not going to read this. You know, I'm not going to go any further and I'm going to wish you great luck. And, but if it does, then, you know, I'll be in touch. And, and I just thought, you know, and I gave you a time frame too. And you did. Yes. You gave me a time frame and you were like, I will, you will know by X day. So that way I'm not sitting around waiting and being like, oh my God, what is she going to do? And, but because I think you do get like so you get inundated with those kinds of requests and you could spend all day professionally boring books if you, you know, if you, if you, if you could, and, and not every book is for you. And it is hard to tell someone that, and you don't have time for everything. And so I just thought this is a great email that it just sort of laid everything out and let me know kind of what to expect. Which <laughs> And that me- was the yes, probably email. Yeah. There's also a absolutely no, and that one's like just remember, not every book is for. And I did love your book. I think you did. Say that. You did I absolutely did because I loved it and it was super fun and I can't wait for it to come out, which is next month, right? January, not till January. January. Okay, yeah. I had October in my head. No, but, January. Um, yeah, yeah well, there's what? another one that's like I, no, but it's not because you you know you're bad or you're terrible. It's just if you wrote a book about. If you wrote a book about like twins running for a, for a political office, I would be like, yeah, no, because neither of those things, I, I wouldn't pick that book up to read. So right. it's just not for me. It doesn't mean it's not the greatest book about twins running for political office in the history of the world. It's just. Yeah. Like a veterinarian, if a veterinarian sent me their book about birds, I'd be like, I'm sorry. <laughs> unless, unless it's chicken that I can eat. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Like, you know, so. <laughs> Is this I a book have- about how to cook them? So that's what I thought. I thought, and it's funny too because when, and then I was even more excited when the when the blurb came back because, like, you were one of the first ones because you did give me a timeline and you like got it done on your timeline. I got yours one of the first ones, and I sent it on to my team, and I'm like, you guys, I'm like, you don't understand, like, this is a really big deal. Like, she was super busy. Like, you should see this email. <laughs> so I was like, this so is a real good one, and they're like, I just your- wrote over the last three days ten blurb asks. Mm-hmm. for my editor to send out because these are people I don't actually know. And now in the next two days, I have to write three that are people that I actually know. And they will 100% say, and they and actually the ones I had my editor send out, I was like, you know, if you don't like books about domineering mothers or have a previous life trauma with an escape artist mini pony, this isn't the book for you. And you don't even have to tell me why. Just don't read it. It's totally fine. Or, you know, read it and don't like it. That's also fine. It's like, yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. You know, we're we all know we have to do this, but I try to keep a little. I I only say I'll read things I would read anyway. That's, that's my rule at this point now. Yeah. yeah, and and that's why I like the email because it just sort of was like it gave me <laughs> all the tools I needed because I am I like to be very direct and just sort of be like this is how it's going to go because I think that's how, how I want to be. Although I mean, I have to say like the the one of the People who sent me, a, she sent me a request through my agent a few years ago, Faith Saley. I blurbed, I blurbed her book and we didn't know each other. So it was kind of a blind ask her or whatever. Her book was super fun. 
And she sent me the most hilarious Christmas card. It was completely inappropriate. It was completely hilarious. It was just, it was a very bad joke. And (laughs) I loved it. And inside she was like, if you're the person I think you are, you will like this card. And then you will like my book. She was like, but if you don't like this card, then you will not like my book and have a very Merry Christmas. (laughs) I thought, yeah, that's perfect. That's exactly what I needed. That's it. Not every book is for everyone. and that is okay. I mean, I told you I I coach other writers and you know, the minute somebody's like, well, I I really think anybody would like this book. You're like, no, okay. Yeah. Like (laughs) if anybody would like it, nobody would like it first of all. And secondly, yeah, that's just not true. No. I mean, okay. Maybe you're down Brown and it's the Da Vinci code, but even then there will be people like I am too erudite to read this book. Yeah. Well, and I think, I do think though, Thanks to the internet, I do think there is an audience for a lot of content out there that maybe would not find an audience, maybe through a traditional publishing or something like that. And so I kind of am always like, you know, this is a great project for you to like test the waters with a blog or with a podcast or, you know, try that instead and see if you can find and build an audience around this book. And then you'll know if it's for everybody. Yep. (laughs) Because I'm not sure it's for me right now, but <laughs> anyway, yeah. even my own mother doesn't like my books. So I did. <laughs> I had my first one that someone sent me where I said, yes, I will read it because the it sounded like something I would like. And uh-huh. then I didn't. Yeah. And that was uh, first fiction. First yeah. fiction. And because I haven't been asked to blur fiction for that long. And I've said no to things I wouldn't read. So that was one where I was like, okay, now, like, am I going to? Am I going to do what I said I would do and actually not blurb it? And I am very proud to say that I did. It just, it wasn't for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not going to. So if you see my name on the back of a novel, 99, you can, you can rest assured that either I loved it or my mother's best friend wrote it. Those oh. are the two things I have to offer you. My mother's yeah. best friend doesn't actually write books, but you know, the, occasionally that kind of thing does happen. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's 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 tough. Well, what are you going to do with these fiction writers when you bring them together in April? What is this? Is it a writing retreat? What are you planning? I'm hoping to do a, sort of a, a writing retreat. Yeah, we'll see. Oh. But I'm I'm just putting together a list of people that are kind of vague. Like nobody's really nearby um, uh-huh. except Serena. But if you're on the East Coast, I feel like especially by like the end of April, you're going to be like, oh my god, get out of this house. Are you doing it in New Hampshire? I don't know yet. I haven't decided. Look at you. Yeah, like, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to put yeah. it together. All right. Well, I'll look forward and to it. And it may be a party it. that nobody comes to. You never know. I mean, I decided this year with Midlife Bites coming out in January, I turned 50 in March. And so I decided I was going to have like a destination book launch party and birthday party in Las Vegas. Awesome. And, and so this week, my husband was like, asking me, he's like, hey, are we really doing Las Vegas? And I'm like, mm, yeah, I haven't really done much of it. Yeah. And he's like, well, why don't you put up like a Facebook poll and just see like, you know, he's like, if we'll be there by ourselves or if anyone's coming. You know? And so I just put up a Facebook poll. I was like, hey, guys, like, will you come to Vegas with me and just like celebrate my book and my birthday? And I don't know, I got I got a bunch of people who said, yeah, so he looked at it. He's like, yeah, there's enough people. Let's do it. And so yeah. I think that's, I mean, you don't need that many. And honestly, no. I don't want a thousand people during a freaking pandemic. So, you know? yeah. so I think that'll be fun. But yeah, you always, it, it's always sort of, it's an awkward ask. I think sometimes that you're just like, I hope someone will come. Yeah. Uh, that'd be great. Which is weird because you would go if you were invited. Right. 
you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's kind of gets back to the just we, you know, it's it's risky to put yourself out there, but if it's what you want, I don't know, better. I I I, I did pitch somebody something the other day that I, it wasn't a it was complicated so support, but like I had an idea that I thought would be really cool and they were like, "Yeah, no." Uh, oh, well. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> so that's one gathering that will not be happening and that's okay. Yeah. Well, and sometimes you just have to find the right, you got to find the right people for it, right? Depending on what it is. That just wasn't the right person. I probably could have guessed that it wasn't the right person, but oh well. Oh dear. All right. Well, KJ, our time has come to an end here, but I have had a great time talking to you about everything from, I mean, Manhattan, the Kansas, (laughs) not the New York City, to living out in where you could get run over by snowmobiles to blurbing books so please please pick up the chicken sisters it's such a fun book and i'm excited to hear about this new book because you you had me when you said a rogue pony what was it, a rogue an escape artist mini pony there it is an escape artist mini pony i mean i'm hooked that's it Good. <laughs> and what's the title totally that one gonna be it's called in her boots and it'll be out next summer for sure is it available for pre-order yet no okay Darn so it. In her boots, it's coming. So, fo- where can everybody find you, KJ? Where can they Where can they follow you? The best place to follow me is on Instagram, where I am KJDA. KJDA on Instagram. Yeah, that's okay. that's who I am. All right. Well, thank you so much. This was a great time. I hope you get that birthday cake, and you guys have Thanks. a great birthday. And try not to yell at the foreign exchange student until mm. at least let's give him to like end of October. I'll try. I'll try. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening and subscribing to the No Pants Required with Jen Man podcast. Don't forget to follow me on social media and subscribe to my newsletter at jenmanwrites.com. My newest book, Midlife Bites, Anyone Else Falling Apart or Is It Just Me? is available now everywhere books are sold. I'm also getting ready to put on some pants and leave my house. I'm headed out on book tours starting in April. So check my website, jenmanwrites.com for details. I'm adding new dates all the time, so keep checking back. And the best way to find out is to subscribe to my newsletter. I'll see you on the road. Bye. Bye.